Blog Talk Radio. type of person that feels you can be doing more with your life? Have you been seeking answers to life's hidden mysteries? Do you have a lot of questions that you need answers to? Well then, tune in for the next hour as myself, Dr. Neb Haru Noon, Supreme Noonologist here at the Eternal Temple of Noon, the Master of Ascension and Solar Deity in this day and time, do my best to inflame your soul and get you ready for the great cosmic awakening. An awakening like no other. The time is now. 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 type of person that is seeking more wealth, better health, and prosperity in your life? Are you the type of person that is seeking more positivity, need more positivity, wanting and yearning more positivity in your life? Are you the type of person that knows that there is just more to life? Well, bring positive energy into your home with the new noon vibration pyramids. 
To learn more, visit www.noontech.com. Again, that is www.noontech.com. We have pyramids for all your wants and needs. Pyramids for attracting wealth. Pyramids for attracting creativity. Pyramids for attracting love into your life. Also featuring our brand new 5G pyramid. To learn more, again, visit www.noontech.com. Hotel. Peace. Peace, peace. Hotel, hotel. I think I hope everybody is doing great today. I hope everybody is doing fabulous today. Man, we had a powerful show last night. If you didn't check out the show, go back and listen to it. We had, you know what I'm saying, the Ascended Master, Sandra Mathis, on the air, known as the Holy God of Light, or the Holy Light of God, excuse me. And I'm telling you, she talking about, talking about shifting into 5D. I mean, she laid out the plan. You understand? If you... If you're not taking advantage of this energy that's going to start, that's happening now, and kicking in starting 12-12, which is tomorrow, look, then it, I don't even know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what to tell you, you know? So just go back to the show, um, you know, and listen to it. She laid down the groundwork. She'll be back next Thursday evening uh, at 8 o'clock to talk about what you need to do to prepare yourself or keep preparing yourself to take advantage or full advantage of the 1221 energy that's coming in, you understand? But, I mean, I, I'm not even going to speak on it. I'll just let y'all go back and listen to the show, all right? So today we're going to talk about the fifth law, which is the law of magnetism. We're going to get right on into it. Um, this, show, this show is going to be a little bit shorter than others. I probably have to leave about maybe uh, 10 till. So we're just going to get right into it right now. All right, so yesterday we spoke about the law all week. So we first start off with the law of thought. And then we moved on to the law of change. And all these laws blend in with each other. And then we have the law of vision. And the next one, I mean, then we had the law of command. That's what we were speaking about a building on yesterday, right? And these are all laws of nature, hidden laws of nature, you know what I'm saying, that's happening in our everyday life that we just, a lot of people are not familiar with. We're familiar with the law of gravity. We're familiar with the law of, you know, um, cause and effect. But a lot of people are not familiar with these higher spiritual laws, all right? Having their origin within the ancient Egyptian, ancient Tamaran doctrine by one of the Netirs or supreme beings, but I know that many people know him as Tehuti or Zizahuti or Thoth, all right? So we're going to go into uh, the law of magnetism today. This is going to be powerful. We're going to end the week with the law of magnetism, the fifth law. So the fifth universal law of success, and for those who don't know, I'm reading out of the book, the 12 Universal Laws of Success by Herbert Harris. I would pick this up. I like to call it the 12 Universal Laws for Success, but he calls it the 12 Universal Laws of Success uh, by Herbert Harris. First, this is the second edition I'm reading. The first edition was, was um, printed in 1944, all right? So the fifth, law of uni- the fifth Universal Law of Success is the Universal Law of Human Magnetism. It is sometimes called the Universal Law of Radiation. And attraction, radiation to irradiate, to irradiate your electricity so that you can magnetize and bring it to you. Electromagnetic energy is radiation and attraction. Electric is radiation and magnetism is attraction. All right? The law is, the law is stated in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7. For whatsoever a person saw, 
that shall they also reap. So what you send out, you get back, right? A simple statement of the fifth universal law is like attracts like. All right? Like attracts like. Similar vi- the like vibrations attract like vibrations. All right? The basic principle of the universal law of human magnetism is that you attract what you are. You attract what you are, and you are what you think about most of the time. So your habitual thinking, you see, you, when you want to imply the law of change, you have to change how you see things, change your thought patterns, okay, change your vision. Each, each of us is a human magnet, attracting or retelling, like or unlike thoughts, like or unlike feelings, and like or unlike associations into our life experience. This universal law of radiation and attraction reveals one of the fundamental principles of life, that life is lived from within and that life is lived from without. Whatever the vision of your desired life experience, it will only manifest when or materialize when you feel in your innermost feeling that you are worthy of it. This desired outcome has its greatest impact when it is in harmony with your purpose. Reverend Ike says, feelings get the blessings. All right? Feelings get the blessings. Let's go back. Each of us is a human magnet. So we're all magnetic through our electromagnetic energy. Okay? That's the word right there, electromagnetic energy. We said we have an aura. The aura, you understand, is your human, is your atmosphere. And you're attracting to you based off your aura, based off your aura colors. It's sending out a vibration. It's sending out a frequency. And it's, it's attracting these particles to you. You see? And these particles are magnetic because when you, when you figure everybody else has a human magnet, everybody else has an aura, and they're, they're, they're sending out. So it's like a magnet. You ever see two magnets come together? So you're magnetized by, based off your feelings and your emotions. Okay? So each of us is a human magnet, attracting or repelling like or unlike thoughts, feelings, and associations into our experience. The universal law of radiation and attraction, right, the universal law of radiation and attraction reveals one of them one of the fundamental principles of life that is lived from within and from without. Whatever the vision of your desired life experience, it will only manifest when you feel in your innermost feelings that you are worthy of it. You have to feel that you are worthy of it without a shadow of a doubt. This, this desired outcome has its greatest impact when it is in harmony with your purpose. You see, it has to be in harmony with your purpose so your emotional energy and your emotional feelings is a barometer of how you feel about something. If you feel good about it, it's, it's in alignment with, with your purpose. But if you feel bad about it, it's not in alignment with, with your purpose. So we're going to talk about attitude. Your attitude is a form of human radiation, which gives, all, gives other people a perception and understanding of who you are, what you are about, and where you are going. It is a matter of feeling, acting, and thinking that shows your disposition, opinion, and personality. This instrument of communication is a moment-to-moment projection of, of your thoughts and feelings onto the world based on whatever you send out. The world responds to you. Your attitude is, your, is a powerful tool which can be used efficiently to attract desired people, things, and circumstances into your life. Okay? Your attitude is a form of human radiation which gives other people a perception and understanding of who you are, what you are about, and where you are going. It is a manner of feeling, 
It is a manner of acting and it's a manner of thinking that shows your disposition, opinion, and personality. This instrument of communication, which is your attitude, is a moment-to-moment projection of your thoughts. So it's a moment-to-moment projection of your thoughts. That's why we said your aura color changes because it's going off your emotions and your thoughts. As your thoughts change, your color changes constantly. Okay? So it's a moment-to-moment projection of your thoughts and feelings onto the world based on whatever you send out. The world responds to you. So based on whatever you're sending out, the world responds to you. Okay? Your attitude is a powerful tool which can be used effectively to attract desired people, things, and circumstances into your life. The two primary components of attitude are projection and perception. Okay? The two primary components of attitude are projection and perception. This all deals with personal magnetism. I like to call it your own personal magnetism, or they call it human magnetism. Your self-image is communicated or projected to others through your attitude, okay? Your self-image is communicated or projected to others through your attitude. This communication projected by you is then perceived by others, and they respond accordingly. If you desire other people to be friendly, kind, and generous towards you, then you must project those qualities in your attitude towards them. To use your attitude most effectively, you must recognize these two components and strive to make the projection and perception of your self-image one and the same. The communication that you project through your attitude has two parts, the thoughts and images you project and the feelings you have inside about those thoughts and images, which you also project. When you interact with another person through your attitude, that person receives both parts of your communication. However, they perceive and usually respond to the feeling part, no matter what the thinking part says. Again, when you interact with another person through your attitude, that person receives both parts of your communication. See? They receive both parts of your communication. They receive your verbal communication, and, they re- and their subconscious mind is picking up on your unverbal communication, meaning your body language, you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the vibration in your voice, whether you feel confident about what you're saying or whether you try to lie or get over you understand? And the more psychosensitive we become now in this day and time, people are really starting to be able to pick up on behind the veil of what people are saying, the tone and the vibration and the energy of what people or what people's true intent, you understand? So let's go. However, they perceive and usually respond to the feelings part, right? However, they perceive, they usually respond to the feeling part, see? No matter how, however they perceive what you're saying, most people respond to the feeling part either knowingly or unknowingly, no matter what the thinking part says. For example, you meet a new business associate who wants to impress you. He or she starts to share their ideas and visions, which sound incredible. But for some reason, you have a gut feeling, see, intuition, a hunch, right, that this person is not all he or she claims to be. You respond accordingly with searching questions, looking for inconsistencies. See, here the ideas being projected by the new associate were not were not consistent with the feelings being perceived by you, and you, re- re- and you reacted accordingly. Again, here the ideas being projected by the new associate were not consistent with the feelings being perceived by you, and you reacted accordingly. Later, you usually find that your gut feeling was accurate. When the attitude projected and perceived 
are one and the same, again, when the attitudes projected and perceived are one and the same, you become magnet or you become a magnet or you become magnetic, attracting people in situations which will benefit you. Again, when the attitudes projected and perceived are one and the same, you become magnetic. Those attitudes projected and perceived, okay, you become magnetic, attracting people in situations which will benefit you. If that same new associate had a different feeling inside about the thoughts being projected, then you would respond differently. If you felt nothing but sincerity, honest of commitment radiating from the new associate as he or she shared the same thoughts and visions in the first example, you would be the first to offer your support and help to them. If you feel that most people seem to misunderstand you and your intentions most of the time, this is because the result of a contradiction between the thoughts and the feelings you project through your attitude. Okay? So somebody's always saying, you know, that people are mis- they're misconstruing my words and they're not, I'm not getting over clearly enough or, you know, stuff like that. There's a, there's a conflict right there based off of what somebody's projecting outward and what they really feel. There's an inconsistency there. You understand? And like I said, when it comes to human magnetism, everything has to line up. Be yourself. You understand? Don't try to be nothing you're not. Don't try to speak about nothing you don't know about. You understand? And if you don't know it, just do a little studying. You know what I'm saying? Have some life experiences, and you'll grow in confidence. You understand? But that's what human, that's, we're talking about uh, the law of human magnetism today. All right? Let's see. If you feel that most people misunderstand or misunderstand you and your intentions most of the time, this is because of the result of the contradiction between the thoughts and the feelings you project through your attitude. There is no simple attitude projection or reception formula. How others respond to your attitude is a combination of what you are projecting in thoughts and feelings and a state of mind of your perceiver and the other person. Sometimes there may be a misconception between what you believe you are projecting through your attitude and what others are perceiving. This leads to the question that people often ask themselves, how could they treat me like this as nice as I have been to them? People say that all the time, right? How, how can I treat, how do they treat me like this as nice as I've been to them? Then, then they get, um, then people start feeling, uh, what do you call it? Um, I can't remember the word right now. Um, not envious, but they start feeling bitter, like bitter. You know what I'm saying? They start feeling bitter. When this occurs, look both at the thoughts and feelings you are projecting and the state of mind or the level of consciousness of the people with whom you are dealing. Perhaps you are casting your pearls before swine. Or maybe it's you who needs an attitude adjustment. Knowing that your attitude is a projection of the thoughts and feelings of your self-image onto the world, examine your inner thoughts, conscious mind, and your inner feelings, subconscious mind. Knowing that your attitude is a projection of the thoughts and feelings of your self-image onto the world, examine your inner thoughts, conscious mind, and your inner feelings, subconscious mind. The inner feelings, subconscious mind. If your inner thoughts and feelings are not in harmony with each other, there will be an inner tension which is reflected in your attitude. For example, suppose your inner thoughts are focused on positive images of good health, happiness, prosperity, and love, and your inner feelings are centered on ignorance, fear, and doubt, which were, which were, leaned, excuse me, which were learned when you were younger. The results you get will be in accord with your feelings, not in accord with your thoughts. This indeed tends 
to tension and frustration. This indeed leads to tension and frustration. How you feel is more powerful than what you think. Again, how you feel is more powerful than what you think. That's why when we started learning about the law of attraction and everything, we had to get into the feeling of it. We spoke about the feelings, you know, this week. You understand about you have to get into the feeling of it, you know. You have to get somewhere that will raise your vibration or help you get back into the feeling of things, you know what I'm saying? Go take a walk, drink some water, go relax at a spa or a sauna or something like that or go get in the sun or do something or go eat some food that makes you happy. You ain't got to eat, you know what I'm saying? If it's something that you feel is, you know, so-called poisonous for you but it still makes you happy, eat it. You know what I'm saying? Get it over with because it's causing a strife within you, inside of you and then cleanse it out, you see? Don't eat it every day, all the time, but if that's going to get you in a positive, happy vibration, then handle your business, you know what I'm saying? And then while you're in that happy, positive vibration, you know, then you can put your thoughts out there, you know, you align it with your feeling about what you're desiring to materialize, you know what I'm saying? Let's keep reading. It says um, the results you get will be in accord with your feelings, not in accord with your thoughts. This indeed leads to tension and frustration. How you feel is more powerful than what you think. When your inner thoughts and feelings are in harmony, your self-image is intact. This harmonic self-image is then projected to others through your attitude with, astonishing, with, with astonishingly positive results. The nature of attitude is effective communication for mutual development and continuous growth. You acknowledge the value of another person's perception of your attitude based on their response. When their response is in harmony with your projected attitude, you have established a foundation for harmonic communication with that person and ultimately all humanity, overcoming fear. Your attitude is like a great circle. There is a positive half and there's a negative half. About 180 degrees of the positive side represents a positive attitude, a positive thinker. The 180 degrees of the negative side represents a negative attitude and a negative thinker. The difference between the positive and the negative thinker always lies in the feelings each has about themselves. The negative thinkers' feelings are centered on ignorance, fear, and doubt. The positive thinkers' feelings are centered on knowledge and understanding, courage, and faith, faith meaning trust. The negative thinkers is motivated by six basic fears, fear of poverty, fear of criticism, fear of ill health, fear of loss of love, fear of old age, and fear of death. One second, because he's breaking each one of them down, but I'm not going to go into that. Okay. So we're going to go into uh, page, we're going to move on to page 100, where he's speaking about, uh, let's see, worry. Worry is a negative state of mind, which causes anxiety, distress, and uneasiness. It works slowly, but persistently, destroying your initiative, self-confidence, and reasoning faculty. You know what? I think I should go back. Yeah, I'm going to go back. So let's talk about the six fears real quick because, yeah, let's talk about six fears because I realize that the gentleman gives um, solutions. So the six basic fears, fear of poverty. Let's talk about that one. This is the fear of loss, of tangled things you have acquired, the fear of going broke, right? People who fear poverty hoard money and material possessions. They are often cheap and stingy, even though they may possess great wealth. You know, like a lot of, I hear a lot of wealthy people say they don't like to spend money, right? They have a lot of money, but some reason they don't like to spend it. The fear of poverty will keep you broke in consciousness, regardless of what you may possess in your bank account. It destroys ambition, initiative, 
enthusiasm, persistence, and self-discipline. The fear of poverty invites failures at every turn. The fear of criticism. The fear of criticism, this fear robs you of your initiative and destroys your power of imagination. See? Worrying about what people think. Worrying about people's opinions. And you start making. I know I fell into that trap, you know, for years trying to create stuff that I think y'all want, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Create something that, you know, would sell. Create something that, you know, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, or, 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 or say things or title my titles on YouTube or something to attract people to watch it, you know? Now I don't care about any of that. <laughs> I just put it out there and whoever it's for, they just come and get it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not worrying about it because I have too much information to reveal. And, you know, I used to worry about, oh, the video needs to look like this, and it needs to look like that, and this needs to look like that, and you know what I'm saying? And then I started seeing some people, they don't take no effort to put videos up. They got over 100,000 followers, over a million followers, getting a, you know, getting a, a large amount of views. Then I see some people with their videos, and it's professionally, I mean, professionally to a T, and they only, getting, they only got about 6,000 followers. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I look at stuff like that. I'm like, hey, what's the difference? This person... You know, how he, you know, it looks, it appears that they ain't hardly put no effort out, but they put out good content. But they just straight up in front of the camera talking. They ain't got no edits, no nothing, no fancy nothing. And this other person got this fancy this, fancy that, and they ain't hardly got no. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I I had to get over that fear of criticism. You know what I'm saying? This fear robs you of your initiative and destroys your power of imagination. It is usually fatal to your own personal achievement. This is true. The fear of criticism can induce inferiority complexes and virtually paralyze you. It can, because you won't do anything. You'll feel stuck. When they say you're, you're stuck in fear, you're literally just free. You won't do anything, and you'll figure out all these types of ways of not, you know, doing something. It, it makes you, that's why I've always learned, you know what I'm saying, that you should just do it. You know, don't take too much time. Like, if you get the thought, just, just do it. You know what I'm saying? If you make a mistake, we just make a mistake, we, we have to do it. There's success and failure. The fear could teach you of how not to do something. You know, say, oh, okay, well, then let me rework it. You know, I, I, you know, the fear of criticism can induce inferiority complexes and virtually paralyze you. It makes you timid, insecure, and slow, and, and, and to slow to reach decisions, see, or express opinions. The fear of criticism will make you an intimidate. And, 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 wait a minute, excuse me. The fear of criticism will make you an intimidator instead of an innovator. Yeah, that's true. Fear of ill health. The fear of ill health stems from negative knowledge and negative feelings about illness. It causes you to become preoccupied with symptoms of sickness and disease. That's why when I started studying herbology, you know, and, and getting into herbs, you know, my journey first started when I was um, um, in high school, you know, uh, 12th grade. And from there on, you know, just having a life, even though I did what I did, ate, ate drank, smoked, whatever, I still always would go back to the natural way of life, you know? But once I started learning that and kept learning and kept learning, that's the last thing on my mind about the fear of ill health, you know? So all this stuff going on now with the pandemic and everything, you know, I just always vibrated high. I always, I always just, I'm always taking something, you know what I'm saying? And now that I'm producing my Fusetto liquid gold, you understand what I'm saying? I'm producing the silver, the colloidal silver, which is very antibacterial. You know, you can spray silver on your surfaces and wipe it down. You can ingest the silver. You know, it's very highly antibacterial. Use it to brush your teeth, you know, to clean your gums. 
And then the gold, you can use it as a, a face wash. This is actual real gold that you're ingesting. Like our ancient Tamarind, ancient Egyptian ancestors to actually ingest gold. You know, but I'll, I'll get more into that on another show. But I just want to say, once I started to realize that I had these, all this stuff in my, you know, I had access to all this, that's the last thing that's on my mind about getting a disease. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I pop too much stuff. I take, like I say, pop too much stuff. We used to people popping pills, right? So I, t- I take too much stuff to even worry about that. You understand? So let me keep going. So, and, and you guys shouldn't worry about ill health either. If your health is ill right now, there's more than enough natural resources that can get you back on track and get your body back in alignment. You see, especially in 2020, when they come out with virtual reality, they got virtual reality. You understand? They got 5G hitting the planet Earth where you be able to download stuff at, at a millisecond. You know what I'm saying? Like, ill health should not be even a conversation. You see, it's only those who don't. It's, only, it's the lack of knowledge that people suffer. You see? So it's, it's, it's about just knowing where to get the resources and trusting because people can come up out of it. It's all about that faith and that trust, okay? So it causes you to become preoccupied with symptoms of sickness and disease. The habit of constantly speaking and thinking with strong feelings about sickness and disease often creates the very symptom of the illness in your experience, in your life experience. Disappointments in business and love affairs, the fear of ill health to grow and magnify, okay? So then the next one, the negative thinker is motivated by basic, basic the negative thinker is motivated by the basic uh, six fears, okay? Fear number four, the fear of loss of love. This, this fear is probably the most uh, powerful. This fear is probably the most important and the most powerful of all the basic fears. The fear of loss of love causes you to become suspicious of everyone. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? Become suspicious of everyone. It causes you to... To, to hoard and become possessive. What do you mean? When they say possessive, the word possessive sounds close to possession, you know, and they say you become possessed. Think about the word possession, possessive, possessed, as in becoming not yourself, as in becoming taken over by something other than yourself that causes detriment to you and everybody around you. This is mine. You see, you hoard it, you grab it. This is mine, my watch, my shirt, my food. My lover, you know what I'm saying? You are mine. You are my property. You're not a living free soul. You are beckoning to my every call, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what the fear of loss of love does, man. The fear of loss of love causes you to become suspicious of everyone. You quickly find fault with friends. You quickly find fault with loved ones, often without cause, just paranoid. What you doing? What you what you doing? Where you going? Who are you talking to? Who are you texting? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What you, what, what you looking at? Why you didn't call me back? Why you texting me quick enough? <laughs> you, know, <it's> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it encourages you the idea that love can be bought, right? It encourages it encourages the idea that love can be bought. That's a big one too, from prostitution to pimping to you know what I'm saying to. You know what I'm saying? To just buying friends and have a lot of money, you just buy people and you see you can buy their friendship and buy their love and just use your money, you know, and just buy your way in everything, you know? And people will like me because I have this and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's a it's a reality. It's happening right now as we speak. Right now as I'm speaking, it's happening. Somebody is not somebody, but there's tons of people doing it right now. People who fear the loss of love often give gifts at the slightest provo- pro- pro- provocation. 
Often, yeah, okay, people who fear the loss of love often give gifts at the slightest provocation. They also have a tendency to remind you of every good thing they have done. They throw it back up in your face, right? Like if you did it good from the heart, then why are you throwing it up in my face? You know what I'm saying? Like, right? So they also have a tendency to remind you every good they, they have done or think they have done for you. All right? So we're going to move on to number five of the six basic fears. The fear, because you have to know, know this in order to overcome it. You understand? And I'm sure all of us, including me, I have experienced all of this in my life. I'm 44 years old, and I would be lying to y'all if I said I have never experienced the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, right? The fear of, even though that was in an earlier age, the fear of loss of love. You know what I'm saying? That was played out even recently in my life. The fear of old age. You see? Now that I'm getting older, I don't have that fear, but I, you know, like, you know, those thoughts of one day I would transition to start, you know, starts coming into my mind, right? And then the last six, last fear is the fear of death. Okay, so let's go to the fear of old age. The fear of old age, to a large extent, stems from negative portrayal we have as a society of the challenges of old age. This fear often, and it's true, because if there was enough, if our elders seen enough in our society that they'll be taken care of and they'll be raised up and glorified like in other cultures and respected, then that fear of old age wouldn't be there. But that's done intentionally throughout the society, you know? This fear, because if you notice, they drain the old, the elderly's pockets, so they won't, you know what I'm saying? If they didn't build up a certain type of lifestyle, you know, to pass on to the children, then whatever they do have left, they just create ways to constantly, constantly put fear in the elderly so they can just keep draining all their pockets before they transition, to drain all their money, all their resources, you know? Real talk. The fear of old age, to a large extent, stems from negative portrayal we have as a society of challenges of old age. This often manifests as a fear of being alone, right, and unable to care for yourself. Sometimes the fear of poverty masquerades as the fear of old age. Here you believe that as you grow older, you are in greater danger of losing your worldly possessions. See? The fear of old age causes you to constantly talk about other people's age or how good or bad they look for their age. The fear of old age will have you constantly apologizing for your age. It will drive you to it will drive you to, to try to dress, act, and look like a younger person. People who fear old age often try to associate themselves with younger people. Wow. The fear of death. The fear of death comes from concentrating on dying instead of living. It often stems from idleness, lack of purpose, and lack of occupation. People who fear of dying or the fear of death are often the same ones who have wasted their lives in frivolous, unproductive endeavors. This fear also comes from a sense of unfulfillment in those who live their lives without direction. So yeah, it's time to get to work. The fear of poverty sometimes manifests as the fear of death. The, the fear of poverty sometimes manifests as the fear of death. Here you feel that your, your death will inflict poverty or hardship upon your family and loved ones. These six basic fears and their infamous cousins, indecision and doubt, go to the very heart of your feeling nature. They go to the very heart of your feeling nature, the very core of our emotions. When these fears hold you hostage, every thought or vision that you have in your conscious mind is neutralized. The results that you experience will be in harmony with these fears. As long as these fears control your feeling nature, 
your attitude cannot be positive. It will be counterproductive in pursuing your vision. The universal law of radiation and attraction will work against you. The first step in adjusting your attitude is to realize that all fears are simply states of mind. And through the law of change, we can change that, right? We learned about the law of change. Since you cannot control your mind, you can overcome these fears by changing your thinking. Okay? Eliminate, since you cannot control your mind, you can overcome these fears by changing your thinking. Eliminate the fear of poverty by refusing to accept any condition which leads to poverty. You can reprogram your mind. You can reprogram your mind. He said, since you cannot control... Oh, excuse me, my bad. He didn't say that. I said it. I read it wrong. The first step... Let me read that again. I was like, wait a minute. I don't sound right here. The first step in adjusting your attitude is to realize that all fears are simply states of mind. Since you can control your mind, you can overcome these fears by changing your thinking. I was like, wait a minute, isn't that? He said, since you cannot control your mind? I was like, hold up. That was me. I'm not bad. So since you can control your mind, you can overcome these fears by changing your thinking, okay? Eliminate the fear of poverty by refusing to accept any condition which leads to poverty. Eliminate the fear of poverty by refusing to accept any condition which leads to poverty. Refine your ability to handle money. Master money and possessions so that they can work for you to confidently neutralize this fear of poverty. Learn to joyfully accept the wealth you acquire, realizing that this wealth is but a symbol of your thinking and the rewards of your efforts. It's a symbol of your thinking and a reward of your efforts. Erase the fear of criticism by refusing to worry about what other people think, say, or do. Know that you are doing the best you can and that you will always get better. Overcome the fear of ill health by forgetting symptoms of illness and replacing them with thoughts of good health. Have no fear of losing love because love cannot be lost. Love is an endless flow of feeling, seeking balance between the giver and the receiver. Realize that old age is a great blessing which develops wisdom, understanding, and discipline. Realize self, realize, right? Oh, release yourself from the fear of death by recognizing that death is just another transformation in the cycle of life and not the end. The other negative emotion which can advertly affect your attitude is worry. Worry is a negative state of mind which causes anxiety, distress, and uneasiness. It works slowly but persistently, destroying your initiative self-confidence, and reasoning faculty. Worry is a form of continuous fear caused by indecision or uncertainty with respect to the outcome of a particular situation, event, or circumstance. It is a very real negative force which consumes and destroys all who come under its influence. Worry affects the circulation. Worry affects the heart. Worry affects the glands. And worry affects the whole nervous system. It does. You know what I'm saying? It, when you're worrying, you know, it just it just cripples you. It causes your kidneys to become thrown out of whack because your adrenal glands is connected to your kidneys. It opens you up for outer influences, right, because your aura is now at a, at a, at a more murky color and it attracts low-level vibrational entities that can whisper into your mind, whisper into your heart. You see? Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. More people die from worry than from overwork. Hey, when your mind is filled with fear and worry, 
a negative vibration is transmitted. See, when your mind is filled with fear and worry, a negative vibration is transmitted. This vibration passes through your attitude to the minds of all who experience your presence. To eliminate worry, you must change your attitude towards its causes. Eliminating worry. We're going to talk about eliminating worry. All right? The first and most important step towards eliminating worry is to kill the worry habit by making a blanket decision that nothing in life is worth the price of worry, meaning nothing in life is worth the price of worry. Nothing in life is worth the price of causing ill health, causing you to just feel sick and depressed and down. There's nothing in life. You know what I'm saying? You're breathing. You're here today. You're breathing, right? You have all your limbs. If you're a person that has all your limbs, you're blessed. If you're a person that has your sight, you're blessed. If you have the ability, you see what I'm saying, to eat whatever you want to eat, no matter if it's good or bad, you're blessed. If you have the ability to go outside and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and breathe in some good air, be around some quality people, you're blessed. Imagine somebody who's listening to this show and they're incarcerated right now. You understand? And even that brother or sister is still blessed because they're alive. So that situation could change. You know what I'm saying? No matter what your sentence is. That's man who put that sentence on you by your own, you know what I'm saying, uh, by your own mistake or maybe not by your own mistake. You understand? But realize now that through the ability of your mind, through the ability of your emotions, you see, in forming a form, uh, formulating a positive attitude, so you have to walk around positive all the time. You know, I would, I would tell you it, it's impossible. How? Because the society we live in. Right? And the reason I say it's impossible is because you have the ability right now, right now, let me correct that, right now in the state that you are in, it's impossible to constantly walk around positive until you learn to grow into a positive, constant mentality. Once you learn to grow into a positive, constant mentality, then it's not impossible to walk around positive. It's not impossible, you understand, to be vibrating high constantly. It's not impossible just walk outside and feel like, you know what I'm saying, the birds are singing to you and the trees are, are, are waving to you and, the, you know what I'm saying, and the butterflies are flying around you. and It's not impossible. But, but we're all growing into this. And you'll know when you get there. And it's not that hard to do, you see. And we're constantly working at it, constantly working at it, constantly working at it, you know. This is what, this is what the science and technology teaches you, to master yourself. You understand? To raise yourself up out of any circumstance that you are, and then you'll be able to teach others how to raise themselves up out of any circumstances. You understand? Instead of, imagine walking down the street, and instead of, you know what I'm saying, somebody coming, imagine walking down the street and people on the side of the street corner teaching this type of information. You understand? Saying, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, um, you look down today. Let me show you something that will help raise your vibration real quick. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That's where the world's going. You see, you're going to have an analogist coming to you. Look, analogist coming to a corner near you, right? <laughs> you're going to have that. You'll see it. Trust you me. If I have anything to do with it, you're going to see it. That's, what, that's, that's the day and time we're in. People teaching people how to raise their vibration, like instantly, bam. You know, not teaching them this Bible verse or we the ancient people. No, let me show you how to raise your vibration real quick. Come here. What's wrong with you? Why are you down? You understand what I'm saying? That's where we're going, y'all. I'm telling you. You'll see it. Don't you look. You'll see it. So let's keep, let's keep going. Okay? So the first and most important step towards eliminating worry is to kill the worry habit by making a blanket decision 
that nothing in life is worth the price of worry. This general decision symbolizes in our own mind a commitment not to yield to the pangs of worry, no matter what. The second step is to realize that no amount of worry will change or help the outcome. All right? No amount of worry will change or help the outcome. Change your attitude towards the situation or condition causing you to worry. Change your attitude by changing your thinking and feelings about what about that which is causing you to worry. Replace negative thoughts and feelings of indecision. Replace negative thoughts and feelings of fear. Replace negative thoughts and feelings of doubt with positive thoughts and feelings based on overstanding, based on faith, and based on courage. The third step to eliminating worry is to practice the following seven-point formula for eliminating worry from your life. And the seven-point formula, right, we're going to get into the seven-point formula real quick, and I think that, that might be it. Let me see what, what he has coming up. Yeah, and we'll jump back on this Monday, but we still, I'm going to have to do a two-part show on this. So we'll jump back on this Monday. But the seven-point formula for eliminating worry is, number. I'll just read them and then we can go over them. Number one, realizing the seven-point formula for eliminating worry. So this is your daily exercise. This is your daily homework over the weekend. So read, listen to the show, and just meditate on this for over the weekend and see how you can practice it into your life, you know, how you can fill it in, bring it into your life to practice it, okay, or work it into your everyday schedule. Number one, realize that the most, realize, number one, this is the seven-point formula for eliminating worry. Realize that most of the things you worry about will not happen. Damn, I might as well just drop the book, like drop the microphone. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go through the rest of them. That's the one. That's the major one right there. Number one, realize that most of the things you worry about will not happen. Dang. That's crazy. I mean, that, I don't mean that. Let me take that back. Watch my words, right? That's powerful. That's magnificent. That is. Realize that most of the things you worry about will not happen. Dang. Montage, the French, I can't even pronounce this right. Let's see, let's see if we can try to pronounce it together. Montaigne, Montaigne, the French essay, essayist, put it this way. My life has been filled with terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. <laughs> wow. I got to sit down on that one. I'm standing up right now. I got to sit down on that one. I got to sit down for a second. That's some powerful stuff. That's some powerful stuff. Most of the stuff, number one, most of the stuff we worry about, y'all, will never happen. Realize that. Realize now that most of the things you worry about will not happen. Mm. Number two, determine the most, determine the worst possible outcome of the situation you are worrying about. Once you know the worry, oh, excuse me. Let me read that again. Number two, determine the worst possible outcome of the situation you are worrying about. Once you know the worst that can happen, you can then face it. Resolve to accept the worst if it happens. Okay? Resolve to accept the worst if it happens. Four, proceed to improve upon the worst by concentrating on the positive aspects of the situation. You can pierce through vision and appearances created by fear to truth, revealed by understanding or overstanding and self-confidence. Very often what appears to be an invincible monster of negativity upon closer inspection becomes a coward whose only source of strength is darkness and fear. Number five, review your life experiences, especially those which worked for you in the past. 
Art of reflection, art of self-reflection, right? That's how you build your confidence up. Concentrate on lessons you have learned which can help can be helpful in resolving the, the current situation. Look for instances in which you overcome some obstacles or completed an important assignment. Each success builds your faith in yourself and in your own abilities. Where faith prevails, worry must flee. Six, practice living one day at a time. That's key, y'all. I'm telling you, that's key. Practice one day at a time, especially if you're a person that has the power to visualize far or see far. Yeah, you know, sometimes we like myself with as Aquarius, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm always in my head, so I just I'll see like down the road, months down the road, years down the road. You know, and I have to teach myself and I am teaching myself how to live in the present moment and see it present moment, day to day, hour by hour, minute by minute. You see? Because in my mind, I'm like, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, okay, I got to do this, okay, next time I'm going to do this, next time I'm going to do this, I'm never stopping, you know? So as far as practicing, living one day at a time, I'm telling you, it's key. Realize where you're at today and stay there. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or the, what you got coming up or the next bill or whatever. Just be happy with where you at and what you got today. You know what I'm saying? Right now. You see? Don't worry about what's going out. Realize what you have now and what's coming in. You see what I'm saying? I'm telling you, it's key. It's key just to live and practice day or practice, practice living one day at a time. Live in a day, live, live in day-tight compartments. Forget yesterday's failures and tomorrow's possibilities for success. Concentrate on doing everything you can today to make tomorrow the way you want it to be. You see? So people are... You know, if you're a person that's still trying to figure out your life purpose or you want to be at a certain place, you know, in 90 days, ask yourself today, what are you doing? What are you doing to get to, to, get to where you want to be in 90 days? If you, you have to start the law of action, you see, the law of action. It says next, the law of action is going to, we're going to talk about that. That's the next two laws, the law of action. You have to take action, you see. But let's keep going. Um, where was I at? Eliminating worry. Okay. Um, proceed to improve upon the worst by concentrating on the positive aspects of the situation. Oh, okay, number six. Practice living one day at a time. Live in the day compartments. Forget yesterday's failures and tomorrow's possibilities for success. Concentrate on doing everything you can today to make, make, to make tomorrow the way you want it to be. And number seven, do not cross the bridge until you get there. Do not cross the bridge. How many bridges have y'all crossed? How many bridges do we cross daily in our lives and our minds? We cross them bridges, and then we over over the bridge, and then we're looking at all the negative possibilities once we get over that bridge, and we ain't even step foot out of the door. <laughs> you see? And then we go talk to other people, and they fuel. Yeah, because it's such a, such a, such a, and we just give all this emotional energy into something that ain't going to happen, that never happens. It never happens that way. It, you know what i It doesn't play out that way. Do not cross the bridge until you get there. Take care of today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And I'm, I'm, my teacher always said, you know what I'm saying, it, we only have now. Today is only today because tomorrow never comes. Think of tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Because when you when tomorrow comes, you call it what? Today. So tomorrow never comes. You see? So take care of today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Do not waste your energy dealing with situations which may arise in the future. May arise. That's not even an actual fact. That word may is not an actual fact. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, could be. You know what I'm saying? This may happen. It may not. 
or this maker, all these different negative infinite possibilities, right? Taking good care of the present will often resolve or dissolve potential future situations automatically. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and end the show today. I hope you all have a great weekend. We're going to get into enthusiasm. I'm making a note here. We're going to get into enthusiasm uh, Monday, and then we will go on over to the law of uh, focus. All right? So next week we're going to start it off with being enthusiastic, and then we're going to get into the law of focus. Y'all have a great weekend. Um, and if you ever have any questions, just email me at drnebharu, iCloud.com, C-R-N-E-B-H-E-R-U at iCloud.com, or just inbox me on Instagram or Facebook, and um, I'll respond to y'all questions. Okay? I love y'all. Give care. Keep staying. Let's keep vibrating. Excuse me. Keep vibrating high. And um, I'll speak to y'all on Monday. Don't forget about tomorrow is 12-12. So get ready for your 12-12 alignment. If you need any help with that, just go back to the fabulous show that we had last night. You know what I'm saying? And you'll learn about what you need to do to help, you know, to get yourself ready for the vibrations that are coming in starting tomorrow. Well, the vibrations really are already here. You know what I'm saying? But it, it starts getting really, really powerful tomorrow on into 2021. 12, 20, 21. 12, 21. <laughs> I'm all tongue tied today. But anyway, y'all have a great uh, weekend, and we'll speak to you in the new day. Hotel, peace. On sale now, the most powerful and most dynamic books in this day and time, known as the Noon Tablets, authored by myself, Dr. Neb Haru. On sale now on Kindle Fire. The Noon Tablets, on sale now on Barnes & Noble Nook, The Noon Tablets, and on sale now on iTunes for your iPad, iPod, and iPhone. Download today and take Noonology on the go. Hotel, peace.